Hello and welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast. Today is going to be a Waffle Wednesday because it is Wednesday right now when I'm recording this podcast. And I did have some things in swimming around in my head last night as I was going to bed, uh, going to sleep, thinking about what I'm going to chat about on my latest podcast. And some of my clients have come up with some topics that they would like me to talk about about so i'm gonna dive straight in there and these are ones that i come up with uh time and time again with my own clients with um members that i coach every day on a regular basis i talk to hundreds of people every single day literally um and the same things come up time and time again so i'm just gonna keep it fairly simple i'm not going to go it too in depth so this is just kind of a podcast um where you'll probably listen and some things will be like yeah that's me i could take that away from this podcast um so just have a listen and hopefully something will resonate with you you'll be able to walk away and think yep i can do that i can apply that and it's going to help me reach my goal and I'm going to feel really good and positive about it. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is calories, calories in and calories burn. Now, obviously, we all know that to lose fat, body weight, you need to consume less calories than you're burning. Now, how do you work out how many calories you're burning? There are so many different methods. And obviously, we are these days, um, a lot of people are attached to their fitness trackers, and they all work in slightly different ways. And they can tell us how many calories that they think that we've burned while we did a workout, while we were sleeping, while we went for a walk. These are all estimations and nine times out of ten they are overestimated okay it has been proven through research that all fitness trackers are pretty much 99% inaccurate because it, it and I mean they're all very kosher about how they obtain their data that they give you so the likes of um Obviously, you've got the big names out there like Fitbit, Garmin, Apple, um, and there are quite a lot of other ones out there. And they're they're all obviously keep it close to their chest how they come up with this information that they give you, which is it says when you do an aerobic work, a cardio workout um, that you've burnt like 700 calories. Um, It's just an estimation and it's not accurate at all. Uh, yeah, you can use it as a form of something to measure um, if you want to, but I really would not advise you to use it as a way to work out how many calories to consume. There are lots of calorie counters out there, calculators, and again, the same kind of applies to them. They are just an estimation, and it's there are there are quite a few different formulas. If you Google calorie calculators formulas um you will find that there are quite a few different ones out there um there's a lot of them are quite old as in they were 
um, invented, invented, is that the right word? Um, many, many years ago, okay, many years ago. The Harris-Benedict formula has recently been updated. When I say recently, I think it was still like in the late 80s compared to when it was first introduced, which was back in the like 30s, 40s, I think it was. Off, that's off the top of my head without like thinking about it. Um, the Harris-Benedict one is the probably the most worldwide used one, common one used to find out what your TDEE, which is your total, total daily energy expenditure, okay? And from that, you can then work out what your calorie surplus or deficit would be, which is like depending on what your goal is. So if you didn't want to lose any weight, if you didn't want to um, gain muscle, you just wanted to stay as you were, that's what you look for, your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure. Now, these calculators, most of the time, the way that they work out what calories you should be on is by the activity factor. So how active you are across a day in general, not going on how many calories your watch says that you burn per day, okay? Because it's not an accurate form of measurement, it's not the best way to do it. And like I say, all these things are just an estimation. It gives you a guideline as to where you need to kind of like have a starting point it's the same with my fitness pal or NutriCheck or any other kind of um, app that you use to track your calories. They're just estimations. Cal uh, nutritional values on food packets is never 100% accurate. They are allowed to be up to 20% out of like being spot on. <laughs> 20% is quite a lot. So they can be 20% under, they could be 20% over, they can be anywhere within that 20%. So it's just an estimation. And I say this to many people many times a day, the best calorie calorie calculator that you have is your body, your own body. Okay. So yeah, you can start off with a figure that's going to say this is what you should be roughly estimating, let give or take, to maintain the weight that you have now. These are how many calories you should be eating to maintain what you have now. And then from that figure, you can decide whether, yes, I want to lose some fat, so therefore I need to eat less than that. And again, it's an estimation. So you might find that what you thought was your maintenance calories isn't really, you You need to have less for that. And there may be reasons for that. That might be something to do with medical reasons, or it might be that your activity isn't quite as high as you thought it was. You might be more lightly active where you were previously more active. You might have been walking more steps, or you might have been doing more exercise, or your job may have been more active, and now it's not. Now you've got an office job, and you're sitting down for longer periods of time. So it's all about estimations and finding what works for you, which is why when I start with my clients, I say to them, okay, nothing is set in stone. This is just a guideline for how we're going to progress. We're going to start here and see what happens. If like 
you've stuck it out for three, four weeks or more, and absolutely nothing else is happening, and you're ticking all the boxes of everything else, because there are lots of other factors that can play um, a part in this, then we might look at like moving the calories around, okay? So calories burnt that you see on fitness trackers and on even like machines, when you get on a treadmill, it will tell you, you have burnt like 200 calories. You're like, what? I've done like 30 minutes, there's no way. And it doesn't mean anything, it's just a number. Um, it has no way of knowing who you are, what your activity level is outside of the gym, outside of it, it doesn't know what your job is, it doesn't, it's just taking a very basic amount of data and just giving you a number. So it's really not worth looking at how many calories you burn and then do I eat them back? Because that's usually what people say, oh, well, I've burnt 700 calories in the gym today, so therefore I can afford to go and have a McDonald's burger. It doesn't work like that unfortunately. If it was that easy, then, you know, we'd all be losing weight dead easy. So that's about calories burnt. Another question that I got given was, what comes first, strength or cardio? Um, again, this is a question that comes up uh, quite on a, on a regular basis with the coaching that I do. Um, and that is that um, in relation to weight loss, fat loss, what is more important, strength or cardio, or what comes first, okay? The way I say it is, if you look at cardio for what it is, which is cardiovascular fitness, which is becoming fitter and healthier for your cardiovascular, which is your heart, which is your general overall health, so becoming fitter, and stronger and healthier, it's not there for fat loss. So it's not a case of, I want to lose fat, I'm gonna go and do five aerobics classes a week because it doesn't work like that, okay? That's, if you can look at exercise to get you fitter, stronger and healthier and improve your cardiovascular, so that means that you can, I don't know, run around the park with your children or your grandchildren and not get out of breath that's cardiovascular fitness okay strength training again is really good for getting stronger again getting fitter again getting healthier again the benefits from that are huge there are so many health benefits from strength training uh, for your heart for your bones for especially for women as they get older osteoporosis uh well for anybody is when they get older obviously if the more you move the easier you're going to find things as you grow older because you're using your body in ways that you want to continue using your body and this i think this is something that only as you get older i think that you think about it i'm going to say that now now i'm like nearly 50 because when you're in your 20s and 30s you don't think about go when you go to the gym and lift weights you don't think about i'm doing this so that when i get to 60 70 i can bend down i can squat down okay so think about when you're doing a squat i can squat down to pick up something i've dropped on the floor i can 
bend down. I can sit on a bench and bend down and tie my shoelaces up. You know, I can, when you're doing, I don't know, say for instance, in the gym, overhead press, okay? When you're older, you're gonna think, okay, I can reach up and get something at the back of the cupboard. It's bizarre because when you're younger, you just don't think about those things. It's only as you get older and I suppose maybe as you progress through age, you notice more, well, I, for my, this is my personal experience, that how different people are in their fitness and mobility around your age. So you see people who are very similar ages, age to you and you think, well, you know, what they can and they, and they can't do, what they're limited by doing because, because they haven't exercised in some shape or form. And it doesn't have to be lifting weights. You know, it could be something like aerobics classes or swimming or dancing or, you know, playing a, a sport like tennis or badminton or whatever it is. It's, it's something that's going to give you something back in the future. And you definitely don't think about that. I think I, I bet you if you ask most under 30 year olds why they do strength training, <laughs> 99% of the time it won't be because they're doing it to help them future selves. It'll be doing it, they'll be doing it because of how they want to look and feel in that moment right then and maybe the very near future. Um, I'm not saying everybody thinks like that, but I would, you know, and I'm talking from personal experience because I was there and I did that. I don't, it didn't even cross my mind um, when I was younger. So strength training is massive for everybody and anybody. And yes, it does help towards fat loss, weight loss, but it isn't the be all and end all. And the amount of times you will hear the saying as well that, well, it's it's not 100% true, but they say, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. What you eat has more of an impact on fat loss, weight loss than how much you train. You can't out train a quote unquote bad diet. Okay. So you can go and train as much as you like the amount of, you know, again, it's, it's a very common thing that I'll come across on a daily basis. People who say, well, you know, I'm not losing any weight. I, you know, I do all this exercise. I go to the gym five times a week. I go running twice as well. Um, but I'm nothing's happening. I'm not losing any weight. Maybe it did initially when you first started because you've something has changed, your activity level has changed, but then you might find that you're eating more um, because of the activity and you're not watching what you're eating. And so therefore you could be either eating the same amount of calories as you're roughly burning, therefore you're maintaining, or you might be slightly eating more. Um, so that's why the two go hand in hand. Um, any kind of strength training, cardio training that you're going to do is only going to benefit your health. End of, okay? It's going to benefit your health somewhere along the line, long term. So that's why there is no hard and fast answer on what's better, strength or cardio. They're as good as each other in their own right. And it's not for everybody. Not everybody likes going to the gym and lifting weights. Not everybody likes doing cardio. Hands up, that's me. Um, you know, so everybody has to find, and I am a true believer in this, find the thing that you love to do. It's very simple. If you don't love what you do, you're not going to continue it. 
there will be something out there and it could be walking it could be as simple as walking and you can there is so much you can do with walking it's not just walking down the street you can like you can go off anywhere and walk it doesn't cost anything it's free the amount of things that you can places that you can be and see the nature that you can come into contact with the countryside the scenery the wildlife just by walking um, and that can have massive benefits on your mental health not only on your physical health so never underestimate the power of a walk i'm just going to say that and throw that in there um okay the next thing i've got is um habit tracking so this came up with a, a new client of mine who was wasn't sure what habit tracking was this is a really great way of keeping yourself accountable to the things that you want to work on. So I don't know, I'm going to throw this book in here. Well, I've mentioned it before. It's the James Clear book, Atomic Habits. If you haven't read it, it is really worth it. He's can He explains it so well how habits can make your life better, give structure to your life and help you achieve the things that you want to achieve now there will be habits that you already do in your life and you're probably probably not even really aware of them it's just something that you do because it's something you do all day or every day a habit could be like for example the first thing you do in the morning is you get up you go downstairs and you make yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and you do that every single day that's a habit so there may be a new habit that you want to incorporate and it could be, I want to increase my water intake, but I'm not sure how to do it. So you look at what you already do now. I get up in the morning and I have a cup of tea and I do that every day without really thinking about it because that's what I do. So you want to increase your water. You could say to yourself, okay, this is a habit that I do now currently. And I want to increase my habits and I want to add drinking more water. So I'm going to tag that onto the habit that I already do. So therefore, I am going to commit to drinking a glass of water while I wait for the kettle to boil to make my cup of tea. And I'm going to do that every day. And therefore, that is a habit that you have started to create. It's already tagged onto something that you already do and is set in your routine that you don't even think about. So it makes it easier to include it every day. And there you go. You've already you've you've created a new habit and you've started and therefore you've increased your water intake immediately. So if it was like water intake, another one, if you wanted to add it into your day and you're thinking like, oh, well, I always forget to drink water. Commit to yourself. OK, every time I sit down and have a meal, I'm going to drink a pint of water or a half a pint of water. And that's, you know, sitting down and eating a meal is a habit that you already do. It's something that you do on a regular basis. So you're tagging another habit onto it. And habit tracking is, is a good way to commit to do the things that you want to do. And you're maybe struggling a little bit. But don't make it overcomplicated. Don't make it impossible don't set your sights too high like okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna change my life in one whole sweep and i'm gonna add all these habits that i want onto everything that i do now and it becomes overwhelming and too much so look at what you're doing now 
and just work on one or two new habits at a time and keep track of it. So if you want, can do you want it to be visual in front of you uh, on your fridge? I, I mean, like if you Googled uh, habit trackers, like print out ones, free printable ones, you'd, they, you'd come up with hundreds. You could make your own up, make a little chart up, you know, on a whiteboard or a chalkboard and tick it off every day. So what is it that you want to do? I want to drink five glasses of water a day and tick them off as you go. And then it's like, it's a visualization. You can see it in front of you. Not every day has to be perfect as well. That's what you need to remember, okay? It's about being consistent. Are you being consistent 80%? Are you being 100% consistent 80% of the time? Rather than I'm being perfect 100% of the time because that never works for long-term at all. Um, that's, that's really what habit tracking is, okay? So think of the habits that you want to install in your life. Things like going to bed at a reasonable time, not staying up, scrolling on your phone, less screen time it could be. Um, maybe you want to incorporate something like you want to read more. So commit to reading two pages of a book every night and tag it onto the end of something that you already do now. Um, I mean, the, the habits are endless as to what you want to achieve. But like I say, don't make them so unrealistic and unachievable within your day as it is now, because that is just going to be demotivating and you're just going to feel like you're failing all the time. Okay. So think I am going to be committed a hundred percent to this and I'm going to do that 80% of the time. And it, it, it works. Honestly, it really, really does work. Um, and the last thing that I'm going to talk about today is accountability and motivation. Oh, motivation, motivation, that lovely word that we all get so hung up about. And we use it all the time to tell ourselves when we're not doing something. I'm not motivated to go to the gym today. I'm not motivated to set my meals out for the day. I'm not motivated to go out for a walk because it looks like it might rain. Um, I'm not motivated to track my food today. Motivation comes and goes, and it is a fair-weathered friend. It's never around when you want it to be. And in all honesty, if you wait around for motivation to come along, you're going to be waiting a long time because it ain't going to show up. It never shows up when you want it to. Motivation only shows up after you've started the action. So after you've started making progress, if you think about when you've got um, something new that you want to do. Okay. So imagine this is your, this is your fat, the start of your fat loss journey. You're like really motivated. You're like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm on it like a car bonnet. And you're like, you're ticking all the boxes and like, yeah, you get into the gym, you're eating all your meals, three meals a day. You've got protein in there. You're feeling amazing. And then bank holiday weekend comes along and you, the sun is shining, the sun is shining. And you go out for a drink with your friends and one drink turns, I'm just going to have one drink. And then it turns into two drinks. And then it turns into a day of drinking. And then 
you feel like you haven't made the best choices. Monday rolls around, which is a bank holiday, obviously. And then Tuesday's around before you know it. And motivation has fluttered out the window, waved goodbye to you and is walking down the road. And you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. I just don't have the motivation. So the motivation that you had before was spurred you on at the beginning of your journey and you were doing all the actions and then something happened and motivation went away. And then you then feel like, well, I can't do those things anymore because I haven't got the motivation to do it. What you have to do is you have to look at it a little bit like you do a job. If you think about your job, are you always 100% of the time jumping out of the bed every single morning, raring to go, running into work, all whistles and bells, swinging your lunchbox around your head, ready? Okay, there probably will be some people that are like that out there about their job. Um, I love my job, I'm pretty much like that. But I have days when you just don't want to do it. But you know that you have to do it anyway, because to get paid at the end of the month or the end of the week, you have to put the work in. So the paycheck that you receive for all the days that you showed up is what you get. There are going to be some days when you show up and you're going to be happier than other days and you're going to really want to do your job. And there are going to be some days where you don't really want to do your job, but you know you have to go in and do it anyway so that you get paid. So motivation and progress is a little bit like that. You have to show up on the days when you're not motivated. You have to go and do it when you don't want to. I have actually yet to meet somebody that went to the gym and didn't come away feeling a tiny little bit better. And usually the days that you feel absolutely flipping amazing are the days when you really didn't want to go, when you really couldn't be bothered. And it was an enormous effort to get your kit on and your foot through the door. But when you walked out of there, you will be unbelievably proud that you did it that you made the effort that you went even when you weren't motivated because that is the bigger win yeah you can i mean i've done this myself i've been a not motivated to go but i've gone anyway i've had a really shit session like felt like like everything i failed on everything but i actually walked out thinking do you know what the positive is i went and did it anyway i went and did it anyway and i feel better for doing that it might have been a shit session i might not have wanted to go but i did it and that is what you need to be proud of the fact that you show up on the days when you aren't motivated so i got a bit carried away with motivation there so how do you keep yourself motivated when you're not feeling like it and accountability comes into this okay so This is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I am going to say 100%, the thing that will help you is your support network. I spoke, me and Stu spoke about this um, on our monthly podcast last month about community and your support network. That is a massive, 
massive motivator, okay? Having people around you who are like-minded and, you know, all they can just say is they can just give you that little bit of a boost. Having a cheerleader in your back pocket, which is what I call myself to my clients, you know, it can be a coach, it can be family, it can be friends, it can be strangers on the internet that you might be doing a challenge with and you don't know, but you only know them through Facebook. Having those people behind you cheering you and understanding what you're going through is the biggest motivator and accountability. And this also kind of like links in nicely with the the habit tracking you know, keeping towards those tra- those habits that you want to do and ticking them off, but also realizing that you don't have to be perfect, that you just have to be chipping away at your goal consistently. And if you are struggling, then reach out to somebody, anybody. I mean, you, anybody listening to this podcast right now and is thinking, that is me 100%, reach out to me, drop me a message, you know, I don't charge to talk to people through like DM or voice or voice notes or WhatsApp or Instagram, whatever. Just drop me a message and say, it's me. I'm struggling. Help me. Um, that is going to be your biggest motivator. Keeping that in mind, I want you to look at what you're doing right now and how you can keep yourself accountable. Do you need to have some charts up? Do you need to start making that tracking visible? Do you need to say to somebody, help me stay accountable? I want to like commit to going to the gym once this week and I need somebody to message me and say, did you get that session done? It could be as simple as that. Having somebody else accountable that you have to be accountable to can make the biggest difference. Yes, you have to be the one to actually do the action. Yes, you have to like, you can't moan about the results that you don't get from the effort that you're not putting in. But having somebody there behind you, scaffolding you, supporting you, being your cheerleader on on the side can be the biggest accountability that you need and the biggest motivator. So think about that. That's my tips and tricks for motivation and accountability is, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody because there will always be somebody there willing to help you and cheer you on. Sometimes it's just a case of finding that right person or that right group of people that can help you reach your goals. Uh, And sometimes it's the hardest step to take, but it will be the best one that you ever did take. So I'm going to wrap that up today for my Waffle Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please leave me a review if you can. It would be very much appreciated. And like I said before, I am here for anybody who feels that they're struggling right now. They want to just like drop me a message. They're looking for some looking for some tips or tricks or just a little bit of support. I am more than happy to help. My door is always open. So just drop me a message.